0: and Welcome to The Last Post, the post-final word on this, the most post-final of worlds. This is The Last Post. I'm your last host, Alice Fraser. In 2020, I brought you all the latest news from this dimension 366 days of the year, but since the world ended in a dragon-related incident that surviving politicians are calling regrettable, a number of the remnant shreds of governments have pledged to commit to convene an investigative committee as a signal of how seriously they take these issues. Although, of course, some on the more conservative side of politics are suggesting that if you didn't want to be apocalypsed, you should have lifted yourself off the ground with your own bootstraps and waited in the strato cumulus until the dragon threat passed. We have two guests today, if we can get through this choking ash cloud and the fact that very little Wi-Fi reception has made it through the end of civilization. The first is Comandante Nato Green. Welcome back, sir.
1: De pie, luchar, que vamos a triunfar. Avanzan ya, banderas de unidad. <laughs> okay, I'll stop.
0: Okay, okay. How are you? Is that the answer?
1: <laughs> I'm all right. You know, Alice, you know what they don't prepare you for uh, about the apocalypse is how much of your conversations with other people are going to consist of you have very bad breath. <laughs> you spend a lot of time talking about how, much, how bad everyone else's breath is and your own because you no longer have access to indoor plumbing and toothpaste.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that, that is very true. As somebody who's orbiting the world in my own uh, space station slash podcasting studio, uh, I only have to deal with my own bad smells, and I've become smell-blind to those. But I, I pity you down on a It was weird how the wear dragon targeted only toothpaste in terms of yeah. consumer goods.
1: <laughs> I read in one of the few remaining blogs that exist in the apocalypse. That you have in the orbiting space station, you have a, some type of bidet situation for every part of your body.
2: <laughs>
0: just, yeah, it's just called a Fraser hose. <laughs> Is it a froze?
1: Did you have? Do you have a froze to to wash down? Yeah.
0: We'll be talking about your latest stories on the on the front of battle in the what remains of the U.S. as our top story for today. But first, some headlines of stories we won't have time for. But first, a word from our sponsor, Prepper Magazine, who are releasing a special told-you-so edition, including a free set of stakes to peg out your virgin sacrifice to the Boris Johnson slash Piers Morgan were-dragon. We're not sure if he likes that yet, but we've got to assume misogyny is genetic. Now it's time for headlines that we won't have time for. Kim and Kanye utter divorce after Kim was accidentally melded with a number of other miscellaneous Kardashians and Jenners during the apocalypse at the end of last year, while Kanye continued to be the same sort of many people he was when they wed. <laughs> now, of course, all prenups have been voided, by the end of any systems for legal enforcement, but also money isn't worth anything anymore, so it's hoped they'll part amicably. A spokesperson for the couple has said that the amicability of their uncoupling depends in large part on whether the reality TV industry recovers in enough time to make it watchable. Do you follow uh, celebrity news, Commandante?
1: Boy, howdy, do I ever. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the celebrity <laughs> news. I enjoy it, all the celebrities, the Kim and Kanye, it's, 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 our, like, it's our royalty, You know, so I have been obsessed with this detail that that much like the British royals, Kanye insisted that Kim only be photographed with her chin parallel to the floor, which apparently is a rule (laughs) of the British royals. And it's, it's both so specific, and I also don't even, like, I have trouble understanding. It.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, floods have followed fire in the octopus-occupied territories of what used to be called Australia. Pundits and weathermen have given up guessing and are now placing bets on whether the next outcome will be floods that are on fire, or fire that is somehow made out of water. As somebody who has a, you know, heritage connection to uh, Australia, I... Uh, I feel quite sad that australia is both on fire and underwater at the same time but i feel it was inevitable given our history
1: so do we think that like the flooding part is is it a fast moving flood that is whisking people away or is it just like australia is turning into a continent sized kiddie pool and that the australians can wade around in
0: yeah it's just sort of like denmark without the mildness everything's just a bit wet uh-huh <laughs> but also importantly on fire. So for a while there, we were doing bushfires one year, floods the next, and that was sort of the way that we did it, and now we've, we've combined the two.
1: Oh, yeah, we just did that in California where, you know, during fire season, we had what they called fire cyclones, Ooh. where the wildfires go 200 miles an hour. And then, so that was a new weather phenomenon to be for me to be afraid of. And then they announced there was a new weather phenomenon to be afraid of which they call, during the rainy season, which was rivers in the sky. So it wasn't just rain, but it was sky rivers, and that if the sky rivers landed on places that were previously burned down, then we would have mudslides, and we did, and a lot of people died. And it was uh, apocalyptic.
0: Who knew uh, that Sharknado 7, sharks on fire falling out of the sky (laughs) during a fire (laughs) tornado, was going to be so prophetic? (laughs) Meanwhile, in the United Kingdom, King Arthur, returned after all these years, is currently making a play for the charred remains of the British throne, raising funds for his move by selling cameos of him pulling swords out of stones on the popular app Cameo, rating classic King Arthur books on YouTube and selling authentic King Arthur moments as NFTs, or non-fungible tokens, the revived Dark Ages king has embraced technology with a vengeance. And boy, does he know vengeance. Have you bought any King Arthur memorabilia?
1: I thought I did, but it turned out to be a, just a Banksy roll of toilet paper. <laughs> so I think it was improperly labeled in the NFT auction. I'm holding out for the Guinevere NFT, personally.
0: <laughs> So's <is> Lancelot. Zing! <laughs> Sick burn, Lancelot. That's all the time we have for the headlines we don't have time for, because now it's time for your ads. This month's episode of The Last Post is brought to you by tiny little windscreen wipers for your glasses. Someone invent the shit out of these. I would wear them. And a puzzle game you can play on your phone where you're a little man trying to get a trove of Bitcoin but it's behind two walls locked with three keys and some lava and some water. You watch helpless as the little man pulls what is clearly the wrong key and all the Bitcoin falls into the lava. Oh no! What do you do? Do you buy the game so you can fix this tiny man's mistakes? Or do you take a deep breath and drink half a glass of water and step away from the f***ing lame waste of time game that some kid is making millions of dollars from your pandemic need to impose your will on a non-existent world? Puzzle game available now online. <laughs> and this episode is brought to you by Classic King Arthur NFTs online. Buy a Classic King Arthur NFT online with your Bitcoin or Ethereum wallet. It turns out it's not much worse for the environment than the U.S. petrodollar. So go f*** yourself. <laughs>
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
0: And that's your ad section for today. Now we've done our capitalism for today, let's turn to the opposite of capitalism. NATO Green, our top story correspondent for the day. Commandante, how's the war effort going?
1: So the Revolutionary Army continues to roam the land, the insurgent guerrillas. We are having some trouble with sectarian splits within our movement without an opposition to unify us. There's some amount of uh, you know, people calling themselves the League of Different Things, the League of <laughs> Maoist Revolutionaries versus the League of Revolutionary Maoists, that sort of nonsense. And so I am concerned that the movement will dissipate and will be consumed by infighting and become re- irrelevant. And so I'm hoping at this point, I'm sort of vamping for time, if you will, to keep my forces focused and distracted in the hopes that things start to turn around post the apocalypse and give us a new enemy to fight. So mostly what we've been doing to keep the struggle uh, alive, there's a lot of stretching, limbering up. It can be catastrophic if you suddenly are in a pitch battle and, and then you you get a Charlie horse or some other type of cramp. You don't want to pull something in the middle of a uh, duel.
0: Look, in space, there are a lot of cramps. I think partly they come down on you because they know that no one will be able to hear you scream. Also, it's very hard to get magnesium out of here. Again, I put a lot of magnesium in the spa and the sauna and... Um, turning out to be a terrible mistake
1: and the froze
0: and the froze yeah (laughs) i decided that causation and correlation were closely interlinked and that what i needed to do was get um get colonics in order to become a celebrity
1: (laughs) sure so you're reversing the sequence and if if you just get enough seltzer water colonics you'll become a celebrity that makes sense
0: i mean that's literally how instagram works that's what people believe (laughs)
1: Note to self. Uh, yeah, so we've been doing some stretching. Can I suggest that you try cutting the wa- the mag- magnesium with molybdenum uh, just to add another element there to get to space out the molecule? Sure.
0: I'll give it a shot.
1: I don't know how science works. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we've been stretching a lot. I've also been saying just a little bit further, the enemy is over that hill. I say <laughs> that a lot. We just have to get over that one. La- they're over there. And then, I'm la- and then we get over there. And it was like, oh, they must have gone further. We have to go over the other hill. It is
0: surprising how, how long people will continue to re-suspend their disbelief. Watching QAnon uh, continually extend the deadline for their revolution is, I feel, very instructive for all of us who want to keep people hanging for ages.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think of it as the, as the apocalypse prison experiment. Very much like the Stanford Prison Experiment, except that no one will get a bachelor's degree as a result of it. <laughs> so uh, we've also been working on our pageantry, <laughs> you know, a revolutionary struggle. You need good pageantry. As you know, uh, I spent a, I've spent a fair amount of time in Cuba. so modeled heavily on the Cuban Revolution where, like, you know, I don't, I don't know if you have followed the aesthetics of the Cuban Revolution, but at the point of... The July 26th, the siege at Moncada that kicked off the, what is now considered the beginning of the Cuban Revolution. All the revolutionaries were very clean-shaven and young men, kind of preppy. And then they, they had to flee to Mexico, came back on a yacht, fled into the mountains. And then they grew out their beards, opened their shirts so that you could see their chests. Mm-hmm. They sort of got into a very sexy, beardy thing Oof. that invented... It's not
0: a revolution if you're not f-ing. Yeah,
1: that's right. So there's a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot of... uh Photographs of, of Che Guevara, like on a hillside with a cigar, just like knee deep in puss. <laughs> so, so that's clearly what's what's going on. Very sexy up there, and you. So you got to you got to grow out your have your pageantry, have your look, have a jaunty beret if that works for you. Um, you have different colors for different squadrons.
0: I've always wondered what do revolutionaries have against hats with brims?
1: Right. Well, you know it depends on the revolution because, for example, Zapata. Very famous hat with brim. Pancho Villa, famous hat with brim. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, there's some there's some regional variation in the in the brim usage of the revolutionaries. And also about how formalized their military kit is. Uh so if they're, you know, earlier earlier orders, hat with brim <laughs> and then later. Berets. My whole life is at the nexus of haberdashery and revolution. So uh, <laughs> Can I
0: please have that be A poster. I need I need someone to meme that. Yeah. You need to sell merch.
1: Posters? Get on that. So look, I am obviously a revolutionary commandante. I lead a force, but I feel like I have not earned the shoulder thingies that they wear. Epaulettes. Epaulettes. Is is that a French word? Yes. So I feel like I just haven't accomplished enough to deserve epaulets. <laughs> I have epithets. Hey, hey! So uh, I, I I aspire to that in my revolutionary future. Well,
0: where are they going to fit those epaulets with that chip on your shoulder? That's right. You got to back yourself. <laughs> you got to back yourself. As a, as a revolutionary commandante, you just get to choose to, like, you don't need to be promoted. You just got to decide that these are the epaulettes you're wearing, and then you wear those epaulettes, and everyone else, if they question you, you murder them. That's the MO.
1: I would like to to just take a moment to appreciate you, Alice, for the reversal of normal roles, <laughs> that you are, as we speak, a, uh, a woman encouraging a heterosexual, cisgendered white man to fake it till he makes it, <laughs> overcoming his own insecurity and self doubt. And how often does that conversation occur?
0: Le- lean in, lean in. I truly am the Lady yeah. Macbeth of Cuban style post apocalyptic revolution.
1: <laughs> I need that meme. <laughs> <laughs> but there's
0: no running water. How am I going to wash this blood clean from my hands?
1: Well, that's. I mean, that's the other thing about the Cuban Revolution is like if you look at the at the museums, there are museums all over the island of Cuba and and i that's what i'm trying to bring to the into the apocalypse as well in my approach to the revolution is there are museums all over the island of cuba that commemorate different things about the revolution where they have the the bloody clothing of someone who was killed at some battle and you just have to appreciate any revolutionary army that like in the middle of a pitched battle while under enemy gunfire has the presence of mind to pick up the bloody clothing and just throw it in a bag to save it for historical purposes. You really want to think about your kind of like aesthetic branding foresight in your revolutionary strategy. What are your opportunities for merch? That sort of thing. <laughs> One more update, of course. This goes without saying, I'm sure that you expected me to say it, but I do I want to make sure that it didn't get lost. Of course, the revolutionary army is also spending a fair amount of time all going down on each other until everyone comes at the same time. <laughs> so that is proceeding a pace.
0: I assumed that when you told me you were unbuttoning the second and third buttons of your shirts.
1: Yeah I wanted to keep everyone abreast of that detail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it, the way it works is you, you unbutton the second and third button of your shirt and man or woman the moment you turn around you just get a face full of crotch <laughs> that's <laughs> turn away from the mirror and it's straight into your face uh, but in a consensual way. Now it's time for hot apocle tips for how to repair your relationship if you panicked when Dragon Gate went down and accidentally abandoned your family, murdered a neighbour or told your boss to go f*** himself, and then they somehow miraculously survived. Tip 1. Pretend it was a doppelganger. Tip 2. Pretend it was tentacle time that made them imagine you did the thing you did, because who can prove you didn't? Tip 3. Start a cult where nobody's allowed to question your actions. Tip 4 recommend they go see Alice Fraser's Melbourne International Comedy Festival show Kronos, a show about time that's so good it's recommending itself across dimensions and also before it's finished being written. It opens on the 2nd of April and we can all assume it'll be good by then. Well, Nato, uh, we are going to move on to our next guest for today. Have you got anything to plug on your side of the world?
1: Uh, Sure thing. Um, I I have a couple albums out, uh, most recently the Whiteness album... And uh, if you want to support the arts, the best way uh, in terms of royalties for the artist to buy the album is on Bandcamp. So if you go to Band, you can get them anywhere. Comedy can be streamed or download. But please check out the Whiteness album on Bandcamp, or you can find me on Twitter at nato green, or on Instagram. Mr. Nato Green, where there are mostly these days pictures of food and cocktails and incredibly (laughs) detailed and esoteric arguments about San Francisco public school district politics.
0: Well, of course, uh, none of those are available here in this dimension because of the horrible apocalypse, but if you are listening from the other dimension, which I hear you can occasionally do, uh, find that stuff, and Nato Green over here will will know that you're supporting him in some sort of ephemeral moral sense. (laughs) And your next guest is all the way from Mars, the magnificent, the loyally, the extremely on Mars, Anivab Pal. How are you? Hello, Alice. How are you? Uh, welcome back to the show, Space Buddy. I was I was watching out for you. I was worried that you wouldn't get all the way to Mars. I'm so, super glad that you made it in your tin can of a spaceship. What's happening on the red planet?
2: Alice, I'm here on Mars and I've come here on an Indian spaceship Uh, As you know, we build most of our spaceships with organic Indian material. We may not be the fastest spaceship, but we're definitely the cheapest. (laughs) And I'm sorry, I don't know if you can hear some construction noise, but what's currently happening is we're building a courtroom in Mars to, to sort of replicate all the litigation that got lost in the apocalypse.
0: Oh, that's so friendly. So will you be uh, in this court? Will you be acting as a lawyer? Will you be acting as a judge? What, what are laws like on Mars at the moment?
2: We're still formulating them. And one of the good things about being a lawyer, formulating the laws, is later when you practice the same laws, you're already ahead because you made them. I, I, I <laughs> basically picked up that tip. Years ago from Earth, from something called the British Empire. Yeah. <laughs> that when, when you make up the laws, it's always easy to then be a lawyer later in life. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, I am here to represent one of my main clients on Mars. You may know him personally, Elon Musk.
0: I mean, I don't know him personally, but I know of him, certainly. The, yeah. The, of, of the billionaires. He's certainly in people's top five favorite, top five billionaires. Yeah,
2: he, he is. He was... In the old world, and he is in the new. But obviously, he's very busy, so he can't actually be in Mars. He's sort of choosing a nice home across sort of the interstellar landscape, if you will. Um, but he's left a lot of the litigating work to me. And one of the first <laughs> things that that we're going to try to do in this colony is uh, move on from human beings, because that's very sort of old school and old world. Yes,
0: definitely. Elon Musk is... Um... I get the sense from Elon Musk's work that he's not super keen on human beings. Not, 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 he's
2: not big on it. And also it's very done. You know, men and women procreating, giving birth to another thing that's an, another organic thing with its own thoughts and ideas that then leads to other children that propel the world forward. That idea is, is you know, I don't know how to put it, very 1985. <laughs> One of the things, Alice, that you will appreciate we want to do on this uh, sort of new colony is uh, set up a modern kind of human being, keeping the core idea. So you may have heard of my client's car, Tesla, which worked in the old world.
0: Yes, indeed. Worked.
2: Worked, yeah. You know, people sat in it, went to places. It drove itself. And we're taking that core technology and we're we're creating battery-operated human beings. Ah. So you'll be able to sort of charge yourself at any station on Mars once we're done building it. And... Uh, you essentially will continue to be the same person. So my colleague and friend, Alice Fraser, comedian, writer, thinker, um, if you get tired of sort of being all those things, (laughs) you can recharge yourself and continue to be those things. Uh, You don't have to die, you know, eventually die like in the old planet and pass on your Alice Fraserism to another human being, either your progeny or somebody unrelated. You know, that's sort of done this particular Alice Fraser could continue forever. And what do you think of that, by the way, first of Look, all?
0: Look, I think it was an inevitable slippery slope from paying for bottled water rather than just drinking water out of the tap to uh, <laughs> paying for <laughs> life. <Yeah. laughs> I'm wary, of course, uh, given the, the rapidly decreasing supply of, of lithium for rechargeable batteries. But I know that's one of uh, Elon Musk's main space missions is to is to recharge lithium batteries with space lithium because otherwise he's just invented billions of dollars into an electric car company that will be completely non-functional in about 15 years exactly exactly
2: just lithium is the new petrol i mean the solution is not to fix the car it's go to space you need to go to space right that's that's the obvious because you know if there is an obvious solution staring you in the face which is simple easy to execute My client does not want to avail of that option. No. My client wants to avail of the option you haven't ever thought of, which is, let's go to the last option available, which is, let's go to another planet and ignore the problem that we're going to run out of lithium.
0: Which is what makes him such an innovative thinker and a verb.
2: Thank you. And somebody who, I have to say, regularly pays his legal fees on time. I don't get paid in currency, I get paid in, in... Bitcoins would then translate into space food, which I eat as as a space lawyer. But again, (laughs) I don't want to get into my own contractual obligations with my client. But what what I want to tell you is you're welcome to come here. We are expecting you here. And I think your comedic skills and genius would be a great asset on this planet. To no one in particular now, we've got no one. But uh, from what I hear, there's no one on Earth Listening to comedy as well, so I think we'd be alright.
0: That's true. That's true. I mean, I, I I'm, all, I've always been wary of going to Mars, of course, because um, I'm not sure how I would do with the sort of constant knife fighting side of things. I'm not, I'm not a very skilled knife fighter, um, but I hear Melania Trump has managed without any knife fighting skills of her own since she landed with her bevy of Calvin Klein models some months ago.
2: Yeah, she's all right. She's got into a couple of sort of street fights, but. You know, again, I grew up in the bylanes of Calcutta. She's seen some rough life in Slovenia in the old (laughs) world. So, you know, together, we we know how to deal with the the rough and tumble of, of, you know, the rocky life of Mars, no pun intended. But it's tough. I wouldn't. It's a bit like the graphic novel Watchmen. It's not easy. You know, there's a lot of rogue lithium roaming around. (laughs) It's not an easy place, but it would, I think, you know, people would love you here because... I think they would, they would be up for that kind of straightforward comedy. And the thing here is that if people don't like the artist, they're immediately killed. Yes. Because that's, that's the sort of planet that my client wants to build. And again, at least you know where you stand as an artist, either successful or dead.
0: I mean, sometimes I long for that simplicity in this double-dealing <laughs> world of compliments disguised as insults <laughs> and insults disguised as compliments. Uh, how are the Calvin Klein models acclimatising?
2: They're doing all right. It's a bit different because their Instagram is not loading, so they can't really send uh, uh, photographs of um, you know lounging around. And when I say lounging around, they're in a sort of oxygen bio bubble, which is running out very quickly <laughs> as they slowly asphyxiate and die. But that's a different thing that we don't have to get into. These are some of the growing pains of living on a new planet. It's hard to be an influencer in the spot of Mars I live in, is what I'm coming to realise.
0: <laughs> and of course, Anuvab, I cannot go on without asking you specifically about your most important client-clients, which is the networked bevy of microchipped pigs, which uh, sh- shot themselves from a, a homemade rocket from Mount Rushmore not so long ago in order to find their, their place on Mars. How, how are they doing?
2: Well, they've unionised once they got to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they come to realize that if you are a microchip pig and you have the same concerns of all the other microchip pigs that got shot in, out into space, you have common concerns and then you can lobby for, you know, similar wages and, and similar benefits and a new planet. Well, I, so, I mean, not just uh, common
0: concerns, really, in, in many ways, a, a shared networked brain. Um, of exactly. s- surpassing intelligence. So I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised that they have unionized. What jobs do they do on Mars? What is the job of a microchipped pig?
2: A range of jobs, actually. You know, just basic grocery stores. They're in the process of setting that up. And also <laughs> they do a lot of the electronic payment systems. My client is so happy with their performance that if enough battery-charged humans don't show up, uh, which is our hope, on this planet he would be very happy to run a planet of pigs with microchips in them (laughs) and service that that along with melania trump is a healthy planet i think and there's going to be me handling all the litigation
0: Four hundred and thirty-two thousand criminally insane men one woman and uh, 37 microchipped pigs And seven Calvin Klein models, what more do you want?
2: Exactly. You know, I went to a boarding school in India and it's eerily
0: familiar.
2: (laughs) So I'm appropriately trained for what's about to come up.
0: Well, that's all the time we have for your second top story of this episode. Now it's time for your letters to the editor. Your letters to the editor now. Remember, you can send a letter to the editor by writing to us at the last post at buglepodcast.com. Dear Alice and third place, that's you today, Anna Fair enough. Welcome back and thank you for chronicling the post-apocalypse. Two questions. What is the state of post-apocalypse world of sport? Will the Olympics go ahead? Uh, Question two. Can you hook me up with Dancy's email address? I'd like to send them a proposition for a long-distance relationship. Yours, fourth place. All right, let's let's address these uh, one at a time. Uh, because I feel like the second one deserves its own period of time, given how badly they've misspelled Mm -hmm. Dancy. What is the state of the post-apocalypse world of sport, and will the Olympics go ahead in the um, destroyed ashes of the world? Anivab, you're a big sport fan. What do you think the state of the world of sport is going to be?
2: Well, you know, um, one of the things about the world being destroyed In the ashes is to take the metaphor of that and being a cricket fan is to try to reinstitute the ashes, as it were, a a perennial England versus Australia cricket situation on Mars. And one of the things about working with microchip pigs is that uh, they show a great affinity for cricket because it's a sort of game that's played continually without very many ups and downs, (laughs) with a certain kind of monotony and a low hum and uh, the 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 bovine and the the i don't know the verb for pig is english is my second language poor sign thank you they take very well to cricket <laughs> it takes the, the the same amount of bluntness and stupidity to engage in it so uh, as you know i'm getting a lot of success now alice it might seem like this is keeping me very busy mm. Um, you know building this this courthouse getting pigs to play cricket
0: writing the laws writing
2: laws managing knife fights and just controlling the crime here but I think one of the one of the things that get me by here is half a glass of water uh, <laughs> uh, one of the things I remember from the old world from our conversations I don't get much of that because uh, as you know
0: Mars, I am
2: paid in musk biscuits <laughs> digitally <laughs> which which then feed me as well so Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is I miss half a glass of water for my work schedule. Um, so if you ever join us, I, I, I don't know if we'd have a chance, but I'd love to share half a glass of water.
0: I would love that too. And I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. Thank you. Regarding whether the Olympics will go ahead, yes, they will. The Tokyo Olympics will continue as planned. But of course, with the presence of a number of gargantuan monsters that have risen from the seabed. Uh, so we'll have your, your regular sports, but they will include um, such post-apocalypse stars as Gojira and Mothra and so on and so forth. So that that looks to be a very exciting um, uh, Olympics coming up ahead, and I, for one, cannot wait to criticise Godzilla for technique flaws in sports that I don't understand. Yeah, I mean,
2: you know, just I just recently caught up on King Kong versus Godzilla just to prepare for the Olympics. You know, I just wanted to watch that and just, just get ready for what the Japanese or what remains of, that country has in store for us in the future
0: regarding the second question this email you've spelled dancy d-a-n-c-e-i-g-h rather than correctly d apostrophe a-n-c-e-y and it is regularly spelled with both first and last name uh, lagarde capital l-a capital g-u-a-r-d-e and i will answer your question when you learn how to spell that name correctly (laughs) (laughs) as it is (laughs) commonly spelled (laughs) that's the end of the show that's all the time we have for your letters to the editor thank you for listening to the last post we're here in your ears every month of this year and if you enjoyed the show there's a daily version from last year that you can get 366 more doses of your guests today were Anavab Pal and Nato Green Anavab, have you got anything to plug? Um,
2: yes I the other thing not plug really just another thing I miss uh, from the old world sarcasm I just wanted to mention that uh, and podcasts that's the other thing i miss uh, in the old world i used to do a podcast for our last week and a version of me left behind on that planet continues to do that podcast our last week um which is on spotify so i would like to plug on behalf of my avatar that continuing podcast while i carry on with my busy work on mars
0: brilliant look that up it's a great podcast Thank you for listening to The Last Post today. I'm your host, Alice Fraser. The executive producer of this show is the magnificent Christopher D. Skinner. The editor and producer of this show is Ped Hunter, his hench thug. I'm Alice Fraser. Find me online at at @alliterative on Twitter and Instagram. I'll see you again next month.
1: The Last Post with Alice Fraser.